0: All right, folks. It's the Buckeye Blitz. I'm Tito Jeff Thudoff. Follow me on the X at It Happens. Uh, go through, download um, the the free app, Apple and Android, the FanStream Sports app. Go download that. Also, go to fanstreamsports.com. Go to the FanStream Sports Facebook page. Interact with other hosts and guests, um, the fan, other fans of the different shows. We have so many different shows on there now, going across the country, adding new shows every day. So um please like list subscribe share tell your friends all that stuff and with fan stream sports and with the app there's a lot of good things you can get out of this all right uh let's see the college ball playoff rankings are out ohio state number one no surprise that i shouldn't say no surprise there maybe a minor surprise there on ohio state uh being number one there just because they looked very um a lackluster first half in their win uh over rutgers over the weekend so not ideal um but they did make the necessary adjustments to win that game so uh that part you should not be surprised by at all that ohio state did get the win they've done a great job under um ryan day and especially um under jim knowles on uh making adjustments at the half in games they've had an incredible run on that if you look at the numbers it's it's um uh they vastly outscored the opponents especially the last two years The exception, of course, being the the Michigan game last year when Michigan outscored Ohio State 28-3. But Georgia outscored Ohio State 18-13 in the second half of the CFP game. But other than that, Ohio State, um, they outscored their opponents in the second half. Uh, This year, only one team has scored more than seven points in the second half against Ohio State, and uh, that's Notre Dame. And it's a ranked game on the road. So Ohio State number one, Georgia two, Michigan three. Uh, Florida State is four, Washington five, Oregon six and then Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Penn State round out the top ten there. But um, the uh, So I, I'm not completely surprised the Buckeyes never wanted to talk about the maybe we were two. None of this is going to matter. It's all going to work itself out in the next few weeks. This week you've got Michigan uh, playing at Penn State. Um, th- that could end up moving Michigan up. They get a quality big-time win against Penn State. You saw Ohio State and Michigan play. Um, Georgia's likely soft play uh, going to play Alabama, so um, somewhere along the line. So th- there's a lot of football. They'll all get figured out. But right now, the Ohio State currently number one in the CFP. As far as the uh, Michigan scandal and the stuff going on with that, Michigan, uh, the Big Ten said to Michigan, hey, we're, we're going to do something. You, here's your chance to respond. Michigan responded in kind, uh, sent a letter from their attorneys. Talking about how um, you know they were they, they want the Big Ten to wait. Tony Petiti in the Big Ten, he they want Big Ten uh, Commissioner Tony Patiti to wait before passing judgment, doing anything penalty wise, until the NCAA concludes their investigation. the investigation could drag on for years. Uh, right now, Petiti could suspend Jim Harbaugh for two games and fine him up to ten thousand um, dollars for. Uh, what they've been able to uncover, as far as the um, the sign stealing goes, and the way they went about doing it. Anything more than that, Michigan's gonna would have to appeal. Fight the, the two games and ten thousand dollar fine. Michigan would have to let that go. It's part of the the Big Ten having the uh, the power to do something like that um, without appeal. Anything more than that, though, Michigan can appeal it, and they say they will fight tooth and nail on this. They said they're not going to bring a knife to a gunfight. All these different things. Uh, they're trying to compare things that other schools allegedly have done. That would compare to this. And it's not it's, it's a ridiculous argument, Michigan to make that statement. Um, if they want to talk about other schools sharing what they found signal wise um, from different teams, that's not against the rules. Having one of your assistant coaches dress up in the other team's attire on a sideline to record the signals from your upcoming opponent is a huge no no. So Michigan can't do this. They can't go back and forth. Say, oh, well, it's not as bad as some of these other things. No, this is unprecedented what Michigan has done in college football. And um, it'll be interesting to see how widespread this is, how far, how deep this goes. Did Harbaugh know about it? Really it doesn't matter if he did or not. He should have known about it. But how many other teams let uh, Connor Stallions into their, onto their sideline or, or or you know, gave him access to things that he would not normally have access to as they try to. Um, as they tried to get an advantage which they clearly had in these games so no announcement yet on this what's going to happen yet with Michigan Um, we'll see when that all all comes out I, I don't I think I think the Big Ten does not want to penalize Michigan until Michigan is out of the CFP if the CFP comes out and says hey Michigan you're not eligible which they could do then I could see the Big Ten imposing a penalty right now if Michigan loses at Penn State this week I could see the Big Ten imposing a penalty right then and there so anyway so much more to uncover with that. Opinions all over the board from people. I personally, this is one of the worst scandals I've seen uh, in college, in my time watching college football. I hope Michigan gets penalized heavily. I'm not just saying that as an Ohio State fan. I'm saying that because what they have done is they have cost coaches money uh, because you think of teams that they beat that they may not have beaten without this advantage, and it could have pushed teams out of the conference championship game, could have put coaches um, that – had bonuses tied in to their contracts could have made it impossible for them to gain these bonuses because they keep losing because they lost to Michigan when Michigan had bowl game incentives, CFP incentives, uh, you know, all the money that other and, and job security could have affected some of these teams because of what Michigan did. That is a big deal and needs to be handled with a big swing by the Big Ten. All right. Buckeyes getting ready to play Michigan State, playing Sparty on Saturday night game in the Horseshoe. Um, Ohio State's a thirty-one and a half point favorite. I certainly don't expect Ohio State to have much trouble with Michigan State. Um, Michigan State comes in three and six. They open the season uh, with wins over Central Michigan and Richmond, and then uh, since then they lost six in a row by an average of twenty-two points a game, and then they just knocked off Nebraska twenty to seventeen to take them to three and six. Uh, They're going to try to do what Rutgers did and what other teams have tried to do against Ohio State. The best way to beat Ohio State is keep the electric Marvin Harrison and the Ohio State offense off the field. Limit their possessions. We saw Indiana limited Ohio State's possessions to a certain degree in a season-opening win for the Buckeyes. Against Rutgers last week, Ohio State only had four possessions in the second half. Now, they scored on three of them, which is huge, but they only had four possessions in the second half and... Um, that's what Michigan State's going to try to do. I don't think they'll be successful. I think Ohio State will look at what Michigan did to Michigan State and try to top that. They want to try to make that statement there. Um, another, a, a stat that I heard, by the way, that was interesting was that Ohio State this year has 10 turnovers on offense. Well, they've given the ball away 10 times. I think one may have been on a punt, but 10 times, you know, five fumbles, five interceptions. On those 10 turnovers, the Ohio State defense has only given up 16 points on those 10 turnovers. Uh, Jim Knowles, Ryan Day talked about that kind of thing where it's, you know, Something that, that they focus on with the defense as far as, you know, being able to, to take a, not let teams take advantage of them after a turnover of the offense. Defense has done a great job of that. Night game in Columbus. Um, easier for recruits to come in. They're going to have a star star of the line, uh, on, on the sideline. When you watch on, on Peacock, the Ohio State bench, there'll be a lot of people in making recruiting visits. One of the guys who came in recently, um, Devin Sanchez, who's from uh, out of Houston, Texas. He's the number six player nationally. And he is the top cornerback, top defensive back cornerback in the country. And um, he said he's going to make his announcement on January 6th where he's going to go. He's in the 2025 class. Now, um, he is uh, Alabama, AM, Ohio State are the three he is considering. The, the, the three top contenders there will see if Ohio State can grab him. Uh, Again, anytime Jim Knowles grabs somebody, I get excited about it because I know it's somebody who Jim Knowles believes can fit into his defense. Uh, Also, Byron Lewis, a running back um, in the 2025 class out of, I believe, out of St. Louis. Um, Anyway, uh, he's a four-star running back, and uh, the 24-7 sports director recruiting Steve Wilfong said that he thinks that Ohio State will end up getting Byron Lewis. So another stud running back could be coming uh, to Ohio State here very soon. All right, let's talk basketball now. The Ohio State women's basketball team, they lost in Las Vegas, 83 to 74. Um, USC came in ranked 21st in the country. Ohio State was seventh. USC had freshman uh, Juju Watkins. We can now call her freshman sensation, national player of the year last year in high school. She scored 32 points in her collegiate debut as USC and Ohio State. Interesting game because you could tell it looked like in a season opener for both teams by the way they played at different times. Um, In the second and third quarters, just so you know, in those middle quarters there, USC outscored Ohio State 41 to 40. Not that big of a deal, right? Well, if you break it down, in the second quarter, USC outscored Ohio State 31 to 10. In the third quarter, Ohio State outscored USC 30 to 10. So um, I asked Kevin McGuff about that, and and he he agrees that you don't see that very often. He doesn't remember seeing something like that, that big of a disparity um, in scoring between the second and third quarters, and equally disparaging if that makes sense equal disparity anyway um talked about how frustrating it was in the second quarter he, he used two of his four time out to get for the entire game he used two of them in the second quarter to try to shake his team up a little bit third quarter um ohio state uh came out playing much better there but uh jc sheldon scored 28 points for the buckeyes man struggled um she scored just seven points on three for 11 shooting also had foul trouble issues um ohio state was five for 21 on three pointers and um, it, look, the recipe for challenging Ohio State is out there. We saw it last year in the NCAA tournament when they got beat um, at the end. When well, they make comebacks too, but when they got beat in the Elite Eight game. But um, you have to have an athletic big, and that's what if you have an athletic big, you can have success against Ohio State and just be patient against the press. Ohio State's press—they they forced twenty turnovers on USC, but um, Ohio State's press though—if you can beat that and get some easy buckets, which they were able to do. USC was, again, athletic bigs, got down the floor. If they got the right pass and the extra pass in there, they've had a big uh, a big woman underneath, a big player underneath to get an easy basket. So um, the 40 minutes of hell that Ohio State does, it worked a lot of the time, but USC did have success being down the floor. Okay, now Ohio State's got five straight home games starting on Sunday against um, IUPUI. And then they play Boston College, East Carolina, Oklahoma State, and Cornell all at home before they travel to Tennessee on December 3rd. Kevin McGuff talked about how, you know, it's um, – basketball is different than than football, whereas you can can absorb an early season loss or a couple as long as you get better. And he talked about there's a lot of things they can work on this week. There's a lot of things. um, Shot selection is one of the things, but also just, um, you know, fine-tuning – the full court press and celeste taylor the reigning acc player of the year came over to ohio state made her debut certainly had her impact felt on defense didn't do great offensively was one for eight from the field i believe in the game ended up picking up five fouls but um it'll be we to see how ohio state adjust that press going into the game um it, and no disrespect to um ooey pooey but it this game's more about ohio state against themselves than it is ohio state against the opponent so um that's again sunday home opener out at value city arena the buckeyes women's basketball team so much fun to watch go check them out and i'm telling you, cody mcmahon is worth the price of admissions JC sheldon is so good as well so um anyway ohio state men by the way to, we'll transition to that as we wrap things up there they're going to try to pick up a big win on friday um when they host 15th ranked texas a&m the the buckeyes defeated oakland 79-73 to open the season earlier in the week it was kind of an uneven performance uh, the buckeyes trailed the half and it, but it looked like it, it. looked like the first game of the season. It looks like what you might expect a team to look like uh, in the first game of the season. Uh, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale Jr. and Zed Key led the way. They scored 17 points each. Scotty Middleton had 13 points. He tied Key for the team rebounding uh, honors with eight. Minnesota transfer Jameson Battle scored nine, made a pair of triples in that game, and uh, one of the things Ohio State can't do against a M is improve their shot selection they need to take better shots take better care of the basketball as well uh Chris Holtman talked about the importance he likes these home and homes with quality opponents it's a chance for both teams to pick up a quadrant quadrant one win early on which could pay big dividends down the stretch when the uh, we get to selection Sunday with the NCAA tournament so um and Holtman say likes doing this more than the neutral site games. And I know that they do the, the CBS Sports Challenge. I think Ohio State's got UCLA this year. They always go to like you know Atlanta or Vegas or New York or Chicago or somewhere. But he likes doing these home-and-homes. He thinks it's important. Um, he w- wants more coaches to do it, more head coaches in college basketball to do this because he enjoys the environment it provides for the home team, but then also what the players have to play through going on the road. So Ohio State's playing at A&M next year. And this is, again, by design, by Chris Holtman. He likes having games like this, a game like this, early on, that's really going to challenge his team. Uh, A&M won their opener, 78-46, to 46 over Texas A&M Commerce. Um, A&M's coming off a 25-win season. Four starters are back, a- including Wade Taylor fourth. Taylor, who's a junior, is the um, preseason SEC Player of the Year. He averaged 16.3 points, 3.9 assists a game last year, and their win over Texas A&M C- uh, Commerce. He uh, scored 16 points, passed out six assists in just 22 minutes. Uh, Taylor was named Andy Katz from uh, NCAA.com. He named Taylor the number one junior in college basketball this year. Um, and he's very impressed by him. And so it's really going to be up. Texas sam has got a veteran backcourt with the junior Taylor the fourth and also senior Tyrese Radford. There's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on Roddy Yale Jr. and Bruce Thornton to slow these guys down. Um, it's going, to be, it's going to be a challenge for Ohio State. Quite frankly, it's going to be. But that's where the key to the game is going to be. A&M's got a veteran presence. They've got experience all over the place. Uh, but the backcourt, though, the back court, though, is where it's going to be decided for Ohio State. they got to find a way to slow down Taylor and got to find a way to make sure Radford doesn't take over. One of the things Holtman also talked about was um, in his first three opponents with Oakland, the first one, then A&M, and then after this is Merrimack, how they each have a very different style of defense and how he – uh, almost deliberately wants it that way because he wants Ohio state to get that kind of experience early a and M he praised them for their uh, great at their ability to switch on D with their man-to-man defense and Merrimack after this he says one of the best zone defenses in the country so uh, it's still a learning process for this team early on I don't a and M is gonna be a great test form it's an underrated game that I don't think it's get it much play on the national radar but it should it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, see if the Buckeyes, how they can, um, if they can, how they're going to do against a, such a great backcourt. It'll be a true test. Again, uh, Roddy Gale Jr., Bruce Thornton are going to really have to play well. They're going to have to do a lot of helping in that. hope they don't get in foul trouble early on. But we'll see what happens there with the Buckeyes game this day, and then. we'll talk more about that after the game on Friday. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been the Buckeye Blitz. I'm Tito Jeff Fiddall. Follow me on the X. I am at Fit Happens. Fanstream Sports app. Go download it. Apple and Android. It's free.